This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Successful to Significant, the podcast that brings you insightful conversations with thought leaders who have discovered the secret of going beyond success to create significance in their life. Join your host, Dr. Lee McBride Nesbitt, as she and her guests help you build your own legacy and prosperity through mission-driven experiences and entrepreneurship. Now here is your host, Dr. Lee McBride Nesbitt. Okay, hello, good folks. How are you? How are you? How are you? Today, we have a treat. Yes, we do. <laughs> Today, we have practicing nurse administrator, retired lieutenant colonel, uh, a community advocate. We have a mother, a wife, a granny, and a friend to many, Miss Ruby Thomas. And today, Ruby is going to talk to us and share with us the power to pivot. Ruby, I really want to thank you for helping me to kickstart my military series. Uh, I appreciate you for this. Well, you're more than welcome. And I appreciate the opportunity to be the first one to kick off your series of pivoting. And so I'm waiting and I, I'm, I'm just excited. So let's do this. She said, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Ruby, since this is really for um, our individuals who serve us every day, I'd like for you to start out talking to me a little bit about your military story. Um, and if you could include, you know, levels of success in your missions of significant while you shared, I'd love to hear your story about well, military. Okay. Let me just say. Uh, my, my military story started as me as a reservist um, in 1999. I was working at the Cleveland uh, VA uh, as a nurse, um, and I was a reservist. And uh, during that time, um, between 1999 and like 2002, you do know 9-11, um, uh, the towers, uh, the whole uh, Iraq uh, situation occurred, and they were uh, pulling a lot of their reserve uh, nurses to backfill for the active duty nurses who were being deployed to those areas of conflict. And so um, during that time, I was being pulled out of my uh, out of my area to go to different places. Oh, I mean, I went to Minnesota. I've been to to Washington D.C. just to backfill, and so I was like, you know what? Uh, as soon as my daughter graduates from high school, I'm going on active duty because they'd wait to 179th day, and then they'd pull me back, and it wasn't really uh, a, a good situation for me and also for my job as well. So. Once my daughter uh, graduated from high school, I decided I'd go on active duty. And that's exactly what I did. And there, as you said, I my career, my story, my, my whole, every opportunity that I had 
thrusted me into different areas of opportunity. And so, and from there, I've been there until I retired uh, just last year in October. Uh, I've been to several places and my last duty station took me to Fayetteville, North Carolina, where I met you. Wow, wow, I like that. So now tell me, now that you are no longer active duty, talk to me about your successes and, you know, your missions of significance since you have been a civilian, Ruby. <laughs> well, did you say significance of success? You could talk to me about success. You could talk <laughs> to me about your missions of being significant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you, um, when I retired, I decided that I was going to be someone who was a greeter at Walmart. <laughs> I <That's> said, fun. <laughs> sounds like just, fun. <laughs> right. I said, I'm going to just go to Walmart and be a greeter because my personality would allow me to just do that. However, being the nurse that I am and loving to serve and, you know, just um, the empathy that I have for people just wouldn't allow me to serve in that capacity as just a Walmart reader. <laughs> <laughs> you would have had fun though. That would have been fun. <laughs> it would have been fun. However, the first time somebody fell out in Walmart, I would have been right there, you know, as a nurse. <laughs> So I decided that I would, you know, I could have went again to what I know best as going to the VA. However, I decided that I said I'm gonna do something a little different. So I took the civilian avenue. And so I took a job at um, a one of uh, Cleveland's biggest, it is the biggest uh, public hospital here because I still wanted to serve in a capacity uh, of working in a community in which I lived in. I um, wanted to serve those who um, needed me. I mean, truly needed me and my services. I wanted to work in somewhere where it was very diverse, where there were people that looked like me. And I wanted to serve people who looked like me um, and who really needed the services. And, you know, um, they, they really needed the opportunities that they couldn't get the access to care, the healthcare delivery, all of that. And so that's where I, that's why I went there. And I love the mission and vision and the values and the, the whole, the whole thing that that op, that, that uh, organization was offering. So I went there to, and that is where I am today. Right. Um, so, Ruby, can I ask you, because this is for individuals who are in the military. They're going to grasp so much from this. Ruby, can you tell me about uh, the differences uh, being a nurse administrator in the military uh, in comparison to doing the same thing as a civilian? So uh, in all transparency, I will tell you, um, I struggled. Uh, I, I did. Um, and you know some of my struggles. Um, as far as organizational policies and procedures, it's not much different. I mean, tomatoes, tomatoes. The only difference is one wears a uniform, one doesn't. Um, uh, policies, uh, 
uh, benchmarks, those things don't change. Uh, okay. However, um, the way we do things, the culture is totally different. The way that we address people is totally different. Um, I struggled with how my presence and how I, my persona and how I talked, uh, I struggled with that. Um, the way I talked to soldiers, the directness that I had, I just couldn't do it in a civilian world. It's a kinder, gentler system. And uh, I had to learn that. And I pretty much had to learn that the hard way. Um, but as I began to take a look at myself, I realized that if I was going to be successful in a civilian organization, that there were some things that I had to change about myself. And I realized that if people wanted to see me for the Ruby that I truly am, and I am an empathetic, kind, sweet person, then there were some things that I had to change. And you know, the military, you know, as a woman, especially as an African-American woman, you're always trying to prove yourself. Um, and so it makes you kind of that hardcore kind of person. So I had to realize that I didn't have to do that anymore. So, <laughs> wow. You know, I didn't have to, I didn't have to prove, I didn't have to prove that part anymore. So, uh, I had to change some things about myself personally in order to be successful in organization. I got a question for you, Ruby. How difficult was that after serving in the military for 20 years? You know, you, you were reserved and then you were active duty and you started in 99. So how difficult was that transition? <laughs> difficult it was, was difficult. difficult it was very difficult because it was part of me it was well I'm gonna tell you honestly mm -hmm. it actually started before the military because as I began to look at myself there were barriers that I had put up prior to the military and then the military didn't do nothing but exacerbate a lot of the barriers that I had put up myself within myself and so the behaviors, the uh, my performance, and all of those things. Just, I began. It was just me as a person, my personality, all of that. So trying to fix that person who I had been for fifty some odd years is difficult. And honestly, Doctor McBride, but I'm still working on that. Um, it's not going to change because I've only been there not even a year yet. So I'm still working on that. So it's it's still difficult. And, and it's easy for me to just evert back to who I am. I have to catch it. I have to catch myself because it's easy to do it any, on any given day. I work on that. He said, I work Constantly. on that daily. Consistent. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
remember you talked about life before the military. And I think that's a good segue for me to ask you uh, to share your story with us about um, the purpose for you being here today, uh, the power to pivot. Can you tell us your story that gave you the power to pivot? To pivot into where I am today, to pivot to... So I will just tell you, um, I am I am a success and a significant story. I you you use those two words here because I had them both, and I had to actually look up the definition. I was, I'm a pretty smart person, but I had to look up those definitions. And I'd what say, did you find, Ruby? Can you share those? It that? says success is favorable or a desirable outcome. And then it says significance has some kind of great importance. And I think I am both of those. <laughs> um, I am a, uh, I am the second born of my mother and father. Um, and if you look at kind of like where I came from, I'm supposed to be, you know, the story I have, I'm from a mother and a father that lived in a, we lived in a house. We had a house. We had. I had four brothers and sisters. I had, you know, everything that a child could have. I went to a Catholic school. You know, um, my father worked as a plumber, and you know, we had everything that we were supposed to have. But when you close, now, like life was good, Ruby. Life was supposed to be good, but when you close those doors, my father was an alcoholic, and he was in a he abused my mom and, you know, we were victims of that as well. Um, I am a, a, person, uh, uh, a victim of uh, prior sexual assaults and um, I am a single mother of two beautiful children and a grandmother of four. So um, when you say, am I supposed to be where I am today? Absolutely not. However, um, I had a great mom who has, uh, despite everything that has went on in our lives, has pushed her children to push beyond a lot of their adversities. And so um, we all, um, are we successful? Yeah, we're favorable and we have had desirable outcomes. <laughs> are we uh, what you are we in or have we had healthy relationships? Absolutely not. Um, I think it's a result of what we have seen as children. I mean, I think everyone has dysfunctionalities in their families. Um, have we um, been able to function in society? Absolutely, we have. Um, but unfortunately, uh, in the era that we grew up in, it was the norm. <clears throat> and so we have allowed ourselves to cover up a lot of the things and make it what it is, it, you know, what it was. And we've raised our children the best that we could, giving them the things that we didn't have. And was it the, the best thing to do? Absolutely not. So 
we, I, I know for me, I can't speak for my brothers and my sisters. <laughs> I gave my children things that I didn't have because I wanted, I thought what I was doing was better for them because I didn't have it. You know, I smothered them with love. I, I gave them that extra attention and I might have crippled them a little bit because, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I think I, think I did, um, <laughs> but it is what it is. However, um, there was a point in my life where people told me no all the time. They told me that I couldn't do mm-hmm. something or they told me, it, which made me very, very self-conscious about the way I looked or how, how smart I think I wasn't. And so that's what, what thrust me or pivoted me into doing the things that I knew I wanted to do. Um, I had a professor, or not a professor, I had a, uh, a manager, because I used to work at a hospital as a transporter, and I was struggling, because I'm not a really, not a really, I'm not an eight, well, I, I thought, because you see, I was just going to say I'm not really. Um, I thought I wasn't a, a smart person, an AB student, and I was struggling going to school with my children. And I remember him asking me, I told him I wanted to be a nurse. He said, what do you want to school for? Because I would be having my book and he'd say, what do you want to school for? I said, I'm to go to school to be a nurse. He said, what kind of grades are you? I said, oh, I'm getting these. He said, you know, my wife is a nurse. I said, oh, is she? And I was so excited. Yeah. She's really smart. I said, really? Is she? You're never going to be a nurse because you, you're not smart enough. And I was like, wow, right? Wow, right? Right. And I was like, you know, that was like the driving force for me every single day. She said, you're not going to be a nurse. You're not going to be a nurse. Every day that was the driving force for me. Here I am today. Favorable and a desirable outcome. I have attained that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Ruby, see, C's, C's get degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And C's are not exactly a, a, a tell all story of the kind of person that you are in your performance. But I didn't know that then. I did know that then. I know that now. I can share that now with Absolutely. other individuals. Right, Absolutely. right, right. Ruby, uh, tell me, what is it that you might want to share with other high achieving, smart, conscious women such as yourself uh, <laughs> um, that, may, um, that may be an inspiration for them to embrace their power, to pivot. Yeah. High achieving or so. Yeah, you are high achiever. You, you Look at all that you've done. <laughs> I will tell you, um, being a, a, a woman who has had to prove herself in so many, at, at so many levels, there are there are points where you feel as though you're still not adequate enough. Wow. You do. I mean, you can, I mean, I go into some places and 
or some meetings or right now they're virtual and there's still no one that looks like me. And um, I always have to have my game face on all the time. Be ready. You have to be ready, right, Ruby? Yeah. And I have to feel like when I open up my mouth, I, that what I have to say has to be significant, you know, because it may not, I may not get that opportunity because a lot of times I find that, and it might just be me. It might not be them. It might just be me thinking that way. But I always feel as though whatever I say, whenever I get the opportunity to say something, it better be significant and it better be on point. So for me, I always say to know your craft, know what you're talking about, and it's not necessary to always go on and on and on and on and on or to prove a point. I found that out the hard way. I don't have to always prove what I am or who I am. But when I open my mouth to speak, it better be significant and it better be relevant and it better be something of importance what it is to what we're talking about. That sounds like power. I like that. I like how you just defined power. That was power and that will allow you to pivot. That's great. Ruby. Um, I think this might be my last question. I want to know how you have used your power to pivot to impact, you know, first your family and then all those soldiers that were under you in, in, in your community. How have you utilized that power to be able to impact your family and the military and the community? So for my children, I try to continue, my children and my grandchildren, um, to give them things that I didn't have. And I'm not talking about monetary things. I'm talking about um, setting them up for success that I didn't get. Um, Building a legacy. Yes, yes exactly. Um, leaving them things that when I, when I am gone, they will have the opportunity opportunities that I didn't whether it's real estate, whether it's insurance, whether it's those things that they will have to continue my legacy. I have four girls and I'm a fine woman. So I know that I will have legacies there as well. They bet not do anything different. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, I have opportunities on my job um, to um, open doors for those who have opportunity, who don't have the opportunities or may not get the opportunities. Um, I interview women all the time. And I, on my unit, I want diversity. You know, I want, I want males. I want females, I want LGBTQT, XYZ, mm -hmm. whatever it is. I, I, <laughs> I want, I want, I am like our 46, I want my floor to look like America. So I have that opportunity and that's what I'm going to do on my floor. 
And it was amazing that I just had this conversation the other day that somebody said, your floor looks so diverse that I said, it's supposed to. Because that's what it's what, supposed to look like. That's what the community out there looks like. And my patients are very diverse. And so they need to see nurses that they are able to connect with. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Share so, what's right. really going on with them. Yes. Right. So so that's how I help my community. And and as, as long as I am in that position to do so, that's what I'm going to do. And part of um, the value system uh, of that hospital is inclusion and diversity. And that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's how I do it, Dr. McBride. Man, Ruby, it was great having you here today. I am so excited. I really hope that um, our military and other individuals will really be able to gleam a lot from all that you shared with us today. Thank you for sharing your story. You are more than welcome and thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. With each episode, From Successful to Significant brings you insightful conversations with thought leaders who have discovered the secret of going beyond success to create significance in their life. You can listen to and download additional episodes at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, Spotify, Google Podcast, and wherever podcasts are available. Until next time, we encourage you to take action on what you've learned here to begin building your own legacy and prosperity through mission-driven experiences and entrepreneurship. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com.
Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.